Welcome to Temple of Health Radio Show. This is Dr. Susan Kolb, and today I'm pleased to have back as my guest, Wynn Free. Uh, we've done a series of interviews with Wynn, and um, up on Plasticos' uh, website, www.plasticos.com, you can go to Resources and Radio and research the previous um, ones that we did, which are very interesting and great to listen to at this point in time, given the state of the ascension. Uh, Wynn, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Susan. (laughs) So we're going to discuss, meet the two soul groups that mankind has thought of as God. Yep. Is one of those the Elohim? One is the Elohim. Actually, one is the Elohim. Mm -hmm. The other calls itself the Ra group. Mm-hmm. And throughout history, the word God has also been used by sources that are much lesser than those two group souls. Are you familiar with the Anunnaki? I am. Okay. So, you know, the way the story goes is that the Anunnaki were space people that created humans, Okay. By hybrid. Yeah, from Homo erectus and their DNA right. combining them. Right, yeah. right. And then the, they were bringing the humans up. I'm not telling the whole story, I'm just cutting it short here. But mm-hmm. they did, you know, one side of the Anunnaki, the Enki side, wanted to create, uh, evolve. They, they, they originally um, genetically engineered them as slaves to help them mine gold and they weren't supposed to um, reproduce and the Enki who was the geneticist changed the formula so they would reproduce and now they had all of these new hybrids which they called Lulus Mm. and they were going to bring them up, and and we are the descendants, at least the white race, are the descendants mm-hmm. of those Lulus, and in the early days, they would be starting to um, proliferate and have countries. The first country was Sumeria, and right. I remember ye- years ago, I read about Sumeria, and Sumeria had all this culture, it had poetry, it had art, and no one knew where it came from because there was no recorded history before Sumeria. And it was actually the Anunnaki bringing the Sumerians up, and the Anunnaki were looked on as gods. Mm-hmm. And there's a very interesting guy. Do you know Michael Tellinger? I do. I've had him on the radio show. You have, yeah. Well, Michael Challenger makes the brilliant case mm-hmm. that the gods of the Old Testament were Anunnaki. Right. Y- Yahweh, um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and the, maybe the Greek and Roman gods, too. And the Greek and Roman gods, too, yes. Mm-hmm. And the Anunnaki were semi-mixed bag because there were mm-hmm. two factions of them. One faction was the Enlil faction that wanted to destroy the humans 
because there was a planetary, interplanetary edict about not messing with the evolutionary process of a planet. Mm-hmm. And by having the, the Lulus, the hybrids, reproduce, that was messing with the evolution now. And Enki was going to take responsibility for it. So when you look at the Old Testament, you have this conflict between the Enki side and the Enlil side. And there's good cases to be made that Sodom and Gomorrah was the Enlil side nuking mm-hmm. the humans. and It was destroyed, Noah, right? Right. And Noah was the Enki side trying mm-hmm. to save the DNA of the humans so they could continue. Right. And also the, and, the flood was, the purpose of the flood was to destroy the hybrids between the humans and the gods. Because yes. they were clamoring for power and that was not yes. acceptable for, yes. for the gods. Yeah. There's one other thing I want to tell you in that I don't know if you've ever heard of, but I heard of that um the genetic manipulation um specifically was done so that the Lulus would not have spiritual hearing or sight or, you know, con- uh, connection. So mm-hmm. they could be kept in a slave-like, um, uh, you know, uh, thing. You know, they were, they, they were kept as slaves because they didn't have any access to their souls or higher self. But mm-hmm. there was one thing that wasn't, wasn't, um, uh, actually, managed and that was the mitochondrial DNA. So the mitochondrial mm-hmm. DNA allowed access to um you know higher guidance or your mm-hmm. your your higher self or whatever. And then um you know a lot of the the star seed came down and intermingled as well and so that that uh like the uh Jesus's DNA, the whole house of David DNA was um different than uh, that allowed that communication. So there was a lot of mixing of the DNA later on. Well, one of the things that I learned, I, I okay, let me just go backwards a second and uh-huh. let 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 your listeners know that I started out with this awareness of all this stuff when I discovered David Wilcock when he was channeling, and he was mm-hmm. putting all these channelings up, and his channelings were brilliant and deep, and he made the case that he was Edgar Casey, and mm-hmm. I studied the case, I convinced myself, and I wrote I wrote the book about it, um, mm-hmm. The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, And after the book came out, David stopped wanting to be known as... Edgar Casey and stopped putting his channelings out and kind of mm-hmm. became a conspiracy theorist, okay? Right. And an ET theorist, and I didn't quite trust everything that came through him at that point. Mm-hmm. But what I what I was learning when I was writing the book, and this was my first introduction to one of the group souls that has been interpreted as God. And they, they, they 
identified themselves as the raw group. And that mm-hmm. is who that is who David believed he was channeling. And he kept right. And Corey Good uh, also does the, from the raw group. I mean, it's her uh-huh. raw group. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm not sure I trust Corey Good stuff completely. You know, when it comes to channeling, mm-hmm. it becomes hard. You can't ever give your power up to channeling. Because right. let's just let's suppose today I say I'm talking to the raw group. Mm-hmm. How do I know it's the same group that's talking to me tomorrow and the next day and the next day? The negative mm-hmm. will come in and say, hi, we're the raw group, but they won't be. So you have to learn to get the frequency and the, how would I say it, the, the feel of mm-hmm. the real raw group. Another thing is, a really high source will never do anything to take your power away. Right. We we had an interesting instruction on that in our in our group in our spiritual group. There were seven mm-hmm. different channelings, and one was very high. One was high, but you know not as much. All the way down to you know we're um, extraterrestrials and we consider you as food. You know that was like the lowest group. But it was very interesting because a channeling came through, and each time you could tell the subtle little things that you needed to be aware of to know that it wasn't of the highest level. So we were actually mm-hmm. given a sevenfold exposure of that, all the way down to mm-hmm. you know, obvious, you know, uh, extraterrestrials that just are um, trying to take advantage of us. So that was very interesting. And then um, I was at I was talking at a Kundalini conference in California, and I I uh, was at my hotel room, and you know this thing came over me, this energy came over me, and they wanted me to write something. And I asked who it was, and they said we are the Elohim. And I never heard from the Elohim before. And I wrote this paper on all the chakra levels and what the spiritual development of the chakra levels were. But the weird thing is. The Elohim viewed humanity as a single entity. Isn't that mm-hmm. interesting? And then they talked to me, and I wrote this whole paper starting at the, the base chakra and then going up to the crown chakra about humanity's spiritual evolution mm-hmm. as seen from the Elohim standpoint. And the Elohim told me they were our creator gods. That's what they said. Um, you know, we were your creator gods. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, I can share that with you sometime if you want to read it. But it, it's just, I had never had that perspective before that mm-hmm. the creator gods considered humanity as a single, you know, organism. Because, mm-hmm. um, of course, when we're down here as different humans, we don't see it that way. You know, we're, we're individuated. Yep. Um,. Well, that's very interesting. I mean, it matches kind of my take on the Elohim. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my first introduction, the the raw group, let me tell the difference between these two group souls, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, The raw group is comprised of souls, entities that went through many, many, many lifetimes, maybe even a thousand maybe more, Mm -hmm. in this realm, 
and they graduated this realm. Right. And they exist in a higher dimension to help us or other planetary populations who are still going through reincarnation mm-hmm. to graduate. Right. And they have, you know, one of the things that I came up with, and I'm fairly certain of this, I don't know if I have time to uh, tell the whole story, but I convinced myself that the Ra group was fairly well responsible for the manifestation of Jesus. And in the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, one of the things that's in the book that came through Wilcock, I didn't believe this at first. I took it as a research. Um, you know, the way I am uh, is that I hear something and mm-hmm. I say, can that, can, can that be true? Can that be true? Mm-hmm. And then I look for corresponding evidence. And if I find enough corresponding evidence, I'm kind of like being a detective. I say, okay, uncle, it's true. And one of the Wilcock channelings said, we came to you in our religion, mainly Christianity, but we don't mm-hmm. speak in those terms much anymore because of the way religion screwed it up. Now, <laughs> that kind of, that kind of shocked me. They said, our religion, our religion, mainly Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I said, our religion. And then, then I did a session, okay, just to go backwards a moment. Here I am, I'm mm-hmm. writing The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, and I'm mm-hmm. learning about the Ra group, and while I'm in the middle of writing it, I have a new personal relationship. I've told the story on your show probably more than once, but I'm sure somebody's mm-hmm. listening that didn't hear it. A new personal relationship. We were driving uh, from Los Angeles to Portland. It was pouring rain. I did a prayer protection. And at the mm-hmm. end of the prayer, like a joke, I said, does anybody want to talk to me? And... She answered, and I thought she was joking, and she said, ask us questions. We're here. Please ask us questions. And Mm -hmm. I don't remember what I asked, but after a few minutes, she said, that's the strangest thing I ever heard. And then for the next six months, she would be tapping me on the shoulder, telling me, those guys want to talk to you again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they just tell me to ask them questions. And so... I'm fairly metaphysically savvy, so I was asking incredibly deep questions that have never been answered before in this realm, and they said they were the Council of Elohim, and I looked up the word for Elohim, and it said, one of the names for God in the Old Testament, the name the Mormons use for God, and I Mm -hmm. asked them, are you the same Elohim? And they said, we're part of the same. And I said, why are you talking to me? And they said, you're like a cosmic midwife. You know how to bring these things into the world, and you don't have ego about it. Now, Mm -hmm. did I believe them? No. Did I believe they were the Elohim? Uh, No. (laughs) I said, it's going to have to prove itself to me. I'm not going to go around. This Mm -hmm. is too crazy. I'm in the middle of writing the Wilcock book, and, Mm -hmm. and now... 
this group soul that says they created the universe um, is initi- initiating a conversation with me. And they did the same per- thing to me, but they did the same thing to me. I mean, I didn't ask to for anything. I was just mm-hmm. I was going to go out and do some things in California, and instead, I had to write this paper. I mean, they come to you if you have the ability to hear. I mean, and they yes. want to get a message out. It's very interesting. Well, they want to get a message out. Okay, they did. Yeah, and exactly. and, and not only that, well, mm-hmm. you you know. Um, you know what happened was the woman during that first six months, I had a miracle of healing, right? Mm-hmm. I had uh, not for me, for my sister, uh-huh. and they were predicting predicting future events that were happening. Not a right. lot, but enough enough for me to know that they could they had the ability to do that. Right. And then after six months, the woman was freaking out over it. It was scaring her, and she mm-hmm. left me. Mm-hmm. And three weeks later, I called my old girlfriend up. She came over. In the middle of the night, she woke me up and to get the tape recorder out. And they started coming. Well, I didn't believe mm-hmm. it. A voice came through her, said it was the same Elohim, that what I was doing was really important, and they never Don't left give it me. up. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that I could mm-hmm. reach them through Terry. Yeah. And then one of the things that I have learned from writing the Wilcock book was that people look like their past lifetimes, and that your the DNA travels in your soul stream. So mm-hmm. um, when you die, your soul has your DNA imprinted. It comes into a new body, and it it affects the new body. And it's not the only thing that affects it, because there's your parents and there's everything else. But um, if you have a strong expression, you'll look like your past lifetime. So uh, Terry, who is mouth-channeling, um, I asked him, Terry is very shy. And mm-hmm. I asked them, was Terry ever anybody famous? And they told me to look up St. Catherine of Siena, who I never heard mm-hmm. of. And then I found the story of St. Catherine. She wasn't a saint. She was just a young girl who would go to the local church in Siena, Italy, and they would write down everything she said because they thought God was speaking to them <laughs> she her. was channeling. Yeah. She was channeling, right. And not only Probably that, Elohim. <laughs> a lot of the stuff she was channeling yeah. was trying to address the corruption in the Catholic mm-hmm. Church, okay? Which was and, quite dangerous. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And Terry, Terry, Even Terry more was, so than today. <laughs> Terry was the spitting image of St. Catherine. Wow, that's me. And do you hear an echo? Hello? Not on my end, no. Good. Now I don't hear it. Okay. Well, that was one of the major things that convinced me that mm-hmm. this is real. <laughs> they really are. I mean, there, I had a number of things that um, were milestones in mm-hmm. my own awareness. That was one of them. 
Another one concerning the Elohim was in 2004, I gave my first talk at a little expo in San Diego on the reincarnation of Edgar Cayce. The book had just come out, and I was a little, I, I had a lot of anticipation about talking about the Elohim, and I didn't. I didn't talk about it because I didn't know how to, and I thought I was going to look like too much of a wacko writing the reincarnation mm -hmm. of Edgar yeah. Casey, and suddenly I have two consecutive women channeling the Elohim, right? Right. So, but while I was talking, there was this incredible energy dancing mm -hmm. around the room that mm -hmm. I could see. It was like a light on top of people's heads, moving around. Mm -hmm. And I was talking and I was observing this energy and it was kind of blowing my mind. And I had experienced that energy previously around a spiritual teacher that I had years before. But mm -hmm. I would sit in the room when he was talking and I could feel this incredible energy. I could see it. Mm -hmm. And... I could feel myself shift. I would be depressed, and I wouldn't be depressed. I'd mm -hmm. have a pain in my neck, and it would go away. Right. And, um, and, and so now it was in that room, and when my talk was over, people were rushing out of the room to buy books. And mm -hmm. right. my friend Terry, St. Terry, was sitting there, and she wasn't in the talk, and they were rushing up to her saying, I could see energy in the room. Mm -hmm. I could see auras. I never saw that before. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just me seeing it. There were people in the room that were sensing the energy. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked them later, I did a channeling, and I said, could you explain that energy that was in the room? Mm -hmm. And they said, that was us. We were helping right. you. Yeah. And this was a whole new insight on the Elohim. Mm -hmm. And then every time I did a public lecture, that presence was there. And mm -hmm. I said, hey, this seems very important to bring this in, onto the planet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and to let people have access to it. So I asked them, I said, could you do this on a conference call? And they said they could. Mm -hmm. So then I started experimenting with conference calls. And and they did. People could feel the energy. I started getting emails from people. You know, they say, when I, when I do a, a conference call, they say they are looking at each person on the call and connecting mm -hmm. with them. And people suddenly have this great opening of their chakras right on my call. And I can feel my crown chakra opening as we talk. Yeah. Well, they're paying, they're paying attention to us, and they're paying attention to listeners. When somebody is listening to this, Mm -hmm. Pay attention. Shut your eyes for a moment. I'm going, to I'm going to stop talking for just a second, and I want you okay. to feel the quality of the silence, okay? Mm -hmm. 
and see if you can feel energy in your third eye and in your crown chakra. Mm -hmm. I definitely can. And that's not me. I can't do that. (laughs) I'm a human, but that's them. And they're a group soul at, you could say, at the very highest dimension of creation in the universe. Mm -hmm. They're a breakaway. The way they explained it to me is they're a breakaway from the one infinite creator. And Mm -hmm. the one infinite creator, you don't have to make the one infinite creator into a big shot, okay? The one infinite creator was the first awareness out Mm -hmm. of nothingness. And it was lonely, and it was aware. So it learned that it had the ability to divide itself into independent awarenesses that that all had their own volition and their own decision-making ability, and they were all granted free will. And now you have a bunch of awarenesses with nobodies, just en- mm-hmm. just energies. Right. And those first, first awarenesses were the Elohim. And then the Elohim were, the way they describe it is they had fun with each other, they were aware, they could project some kind of vis- image to each other and communicate, and they had a challenge of there was no persistence. Everything was in the moment and just had to be constantly Mm -hmm. created in the moment. So the idea was what if we could create persistence? And they started experimenting with frequencies and combining frequencies and nodes. I've had like 20 conversations with them on this where they explain Mm -hmm. it in depth. And I can't say it for sure, I completely understand it, but I get the feeling of it. And what happened was, as they created, this was the beginning of the universe, Mm -hmm. as they created the universe, the universe, each, each thing in the universe became its own creative force. Mm -hmm. And could recreate by beating with other things in the universe. Right now, while you and I are on the phone and talking and people are listening, mm-hmm. we are creating, we are creating a new energy out of nothing that changes the whole a certain amount. Mm-hmm. And the Elohim is because we've invited them in, we're both aware of them, Mm -hmm. they can partake of that creation and they can support it. And so the intention becomes multiplied, many-fold, because not just you and I, but as long as our intentions are for the highest good of all concerned and honoring free will, Mm-hmm. They will support those intentions, and mm-hmm. they'll add their energy to them. And 
it's not exactly, this is how the idea of prayer got started, mm-hmm. I believe, through group intentions. But it's not praying to some invisible God to be your friend and do your will. It's right. about creating intentions that are in line with their intentions. Mm-hmm. And they, basically their intentions are that we should love each other and that we should... They didn't... I don't think they meant for everything to go this negative and dark as it has. But as this universe was unfolding and the dimensions got more and more dense mm-hmm. and then we got into the earth dimension where we had physical bodies and physical, very dense, tightly compressed, not easy to shift. Whereas in the higher dimensions, everything shifts very easily, okay? And it's just like in the moment. In our dimension, it doesn't shift easily. It's very rigid. Everyone has rigid belief patterns. Then, because people cannot reach back to get energy from the higher dimensions and tap into that part of themselves that is also there. Everyone is a multidimensional being. So everyone has the potential to, to penetrate through the veil and reach the higher realms and get feel the love of creation, mm-hmm. but most people don't tap into that, so they have to look for getting energy from what's below them rather than what's above them, and then it becomes the negative. How do I get energy? Right. Through sex. Yeah. They through take sex, it from through... other people or sex. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Intimidation. And horrible. Yeah. Rituals, you know, you name yeah, it. Yeah, satanic rituals, and, <laughs> right? Drinking your drinking yeah. the blood of children. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And, Which actually, and you know, it's funny. It probably actually works, where they wouldn't have all the claims. You know, the you know when yeah. you read more about it, it actually is something that they believe in, and so it works very well. But um, obviously, well, it, uh, it, it, it works. It's not. It it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to bear well for them later on. No, you know, you know, it it the problem with it is when you try to get the energy. Look, we all get energy from each other. There's nothing wrong with we getting do. energy okay. from each other. Okay, mm-hmm. the key element is free will, because when you have free will, you you can have an ongoing relationship of mm-hmm. co-creation where there is always energy in the connection. When you you don't have free will, you have to constantly recreate new circumstances, new people Mm -hmm. to eat, new women to screw, you know? And it's like you're in an endless quest for conquering. Consumption. (laughs) Consumption, exactly. Now, the Elohim is... 
is since they started this realm, since they started it, they're not so happy about all the suffering that occurs in it, you know? And yeah. they, they make themselves available, not as God in any conventional sense, Mm-hmm. But as as your higher big brothers, so to speak, you know, I have a very let's see. I'm looking here. Uh, I asked them one time. I asked them early on when I was trying to figure figure them out. I said, "Here we go." This is an exact transcript of my conversation. It seems that throughout history, there has been a tendency for people to take a group like the Elohim, and instead of blending, they tend to worship. Is there some advice or wisdom you could share with us on how a person could have the right inner approach to making the connection? And here was their answer. It's like a radio transmitter and receiver where the transmitter can transmit and the receiver can pick up and then the receiver can transmit and relay the signal. In that way, the receiver is then the transmitter. We're looking for an equal relationship where the student is the receiver, but the student can also be the transmitter and be a beacon of light to others. They can also send signals back to us, bringing us transcendent information, for lack of a better word, where we can also grow. We welcome or, not want... Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say that um, we're becoming more crystalline as ascension occurs. In other words, mm-hmm. we're vibrating at higher frequencies and becoming more crystalline. So we're becoming better frequency transmitters and receivers. Mm-hmm. They go on to say, we welcome not blind, adoring worship. We welcome interchange. We welcome love on a parody. We welcome blessings both ways. It is irksome mm-hmm. to be worshipped because worship creates a division. I'm better. Right. You're the one that's not as good. It creates a falsehood, mm-hmm. a fallacy. It creates a break in the communication between the two. There's a father and a son, and neither is better than the other. One is wiser, one knows more. Worship tends to deaden the brain and to place one at a disadvantage. It tends mm-hmm. to close down the channel of communication and say, you tell me everything. You tell me what to do. I will follow you. I will do what you say. This is not the kind of connection we are looking for. We are looking for the type of connection where there is a mutual respect and equality. And well, it's hard for humans because of the Anunnaki thing. The yes. Anunnaki expected to be worshipped. And that's why we worship mm-hmm. gold, too, because of the, mm-hmm. the Anunnaki were involved in gold mines and using us as slaves in the gold mines. So that explains why we worship gold and we worship gods. Mm-hmm. So the Elohim is there and they're using me and it sounds like they're using you as well. And they're using me uh, when they talk about they're in my okay, 
the basic law of the universe, as they say it, as both groups all mm-hmm. say it, is the law of one. Everything right. started from one source. Mm-hmm. Everyone is everything is one energy reconfigured in trillions of ways to look like a you and look like a me and look like a giraffe and look like a tree, but it's all the same energy. And every one of us is multidimensional, which means we exist in the physical as a physical body, but we are an energy that's occupying the body. And most people miss that. And that energy that occupies the body is mutable. It can get bigger, it can get smaller, it can get Mm -hmm. contracted. You know, when somebody has a lot of trauma and pain, the energy is contracted. When somebody is joyous, the energy is expansive. And the energy can penetrate the veil. And when it Mm -hmm. does, we feel a shift in the physical. I asked the Elohim, I said, how do you how do you tune into people individually when there's so many billions of people here? And their answer to that, in fact, let me see if I have that easily available. I'll tell you what they said. They said, uh, they can see when somebody penetrates their energy field, penetrates mm-hmm. the veil. And they know they know that person is on a higher path, and they will start paying attention um, to people that penetrate the veil. Well, I and, imagine at the Kundalini conference, we were all penetrating the veil. Think about who was at the Kundalini conference. I wouldn't be surprised, okay? Yeah, I mean, you know, so my energy was, like, elevated because I was at this conference. I went back to my hotel room, and they grabbed me, you know, right then to write this stuff down. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? If somebody is listening, and, and they're thinking, I want that experience, I want to feel anybody the energy. Anybody can have it. Anybody yeah. can have it. Well, I set up a, I set up a situation, and I started doing this as an experiment about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have given um, people that are paying attention to my work a lot of access, direct access, to these sources. And the Elohim and the Ra group, in my work, they they combined they they made a partnership on the other side to work through through my work. Mm-hmm. So when Terry Terry channels, they identify themselves as we are part of the Elohim and part of the Ra group, because right. on Wednesday. Like on Wednesday nights, I have people asking them questions, and uh, people email me questions, and then we ask on people's behalf. Now, the Ra group has certain, I'll tell you the edge of the Ra group and the edge of the Elohim group. The Ra group 
is made up of souls that graduated this realm. Mm-hmm. And they have huge wisdom of this of this realm and graduating from it. Mm-hmm. They understand the pain of contraction in this realm. The Elohim has vicarious wisdom. They've watched mm-hmm. us for billions of years, but they haven't suffered and been trapped in the physical. Right. The Raghuru has. So they have ways of communicating and accessing certain wisdoms that the Elohim can't do. Mm-hmm. But the Elohim has the ability to, one of their abilities is to project energy into this realm. And since this realm, let me see if I can say this so it's easy to understand. This realm that we're in, 3D, originates at the higher densities. And then it steps down till till it becomes physicalness in 3D. Mm-hmm. And we can go backwards and move through those densities. And if you get high enough, you access the oneness. When you access the oneness humans suddenly feel a new energy. And I started to see this was going on on my calls. So now I'm doing something, and this is the easiest way to hook into this. I'm doing something which I call whole planet healing. And every day at 7 o'clock California time, I have a group of people getting on the phone and we create a group energy, and people feel the energy of the Elohim, and it's created like a, like almost like a an astral commune. In other words, they're not in the same room, but everyone's starting, you know, to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's not easy to stay above the negative in this realm. You need a lot of reinforcement. And it sounds like it's a good way to help each other too. It's a way to, to help each other. Yeah, and not all, the not only helps that. everybody. Well, we do planetary intentions, mm-hmm. like we go through earthquakes and volcanoes, and we've had enough miracles happen that it doesn't mean that everything we say is going to shift. But we've had. A, I think the first time this ever happened was mm-hmm. I was doing these healing calls just one day a week on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And when we were doing it, it was one one Sunday, Hurricane Gustav was barreling down on Louisiana, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so we put it in the light. And Terry was on the line. And she did something that she had never done before. Is they started talking to the hurricane, <laughs> and, 
and they started telling the hurricane, um, hey, look at all these people praying. You can make them very happy. We're willing to take some of your energy and put some of it in Sedona and some of Mount Shasta. And she's saying, Terry is saying, the hurricane is agreeing to do that. But this took about 15 minutes for the hurricane to agree. Mm -hmm. And then the Elohim said, so Hurricane Gustav is not going to be a problem. And I said, there goes my credibility. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone was saying it was going to hit New Orleans with the same force as right, Katrina. But it didn't. Right? Yeah, it didn't. But, it, but I, right after that call, I got on the Internet and looked up mm -hmm. Hurricane Gustav. Everyone was saying it mysteriously dropped from a level right. four to a level three, and it was supposed to get higher. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, and there was, I asked them later, I said, you mean if we didn't do that? Uh, now, I don't really want to be a miracle worker. I have, I, I'm just telling you what they said, and I'm sure there were other people praying as well. But I know our group is particularly strong because we have the direct vibrational connection with the Elohim. Right. And people people that are coming on to my calls regularly, I get emails all the time like, you know, I'm smiling more often. My friends relate to me differently. I can't right. believe, I didn't believe this was possible. Right over a phone line. And um, so... So how do you I'll get on the call? WholePlanetHealing.com has the phone number. WholePlanetHealing.com, it has the time and the phone number, and it has some testimonials. The only thing wrong with that website is when I first started this, I was going to do it for 15 minutes a day, mm -hmm. and now it's an hour a day. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we read a little excerpt from the Elohim channelings. Mm -hmm. So people can get the feel. It helps to bring their energy in. Or the raw channelings. You know, Jim sure. McCarty, Car Jim McCarty, who is Carla's husband, mm -hmm. um, comes in on Mondays and Thursdays and reads excerpts from the raw channelings. That's great. And then I do a guided visualization for bringing mm -hmm. this energy into onto the planet and through the planet. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of amazing because as I do it, and see, this is it's not linear. I can't explain it, but I can feel the energy. I can feel expanded. And mm -hmm. people come in every day, and they shift their whole paradigm, okay? They, you know, they're, they're obstacles. I won't mm -hmm. say it works for everybody, but there's too many people that it's worked for that I know it's working. It's very hard to shift in this realm. Very mm -hmm. hard to shift patterns because your patterns mm -hmm. have been established over many lifetimes. And um, well, this kind of help is important if you know when you need it, and it would help anybody. I mean, the Elohim energy would help anybody with any of their problems. I think. Yeah. Well, you know what. It's kind of like you start karma 
what people call karma exists mm -hmm. in 3D. Your shadow right. self Only in 3D. Exists, right. exists in 3D. Mm -hmm. You'll always have karma in the shadow self as long as you're in 3D. As mm -hmm. you start to lift above 3D... You don't have karma. It's like, well, your karma's still there waiting for you, and usually people go back and forth. They feel exalted, right. and then they go yeah. back, and they're working your stuff out, and they go, mm -hmm. they're up again. But it's, it's, it takes perseverance. It takes dedication. But the people that keep coming to our calls are having shifts in their karmic patterns and getting mm -hmm. over things that they thought they'd never get over. And you know right. what? We don't charge for it. It's free. Yeah. It's like, it's not a, and, and I'll tell you something else. You know, people are used to going to events at mm -hmm. outside locations, you know, conferences and right. workshops. We're doing an event every day and mm -hmm. you're at home. Guess mm -hmm. what happens? When you lift your vibration in your home, it, it stays. It's in your home. You're not right. leaving nope. the lifted vibration in a hotel room and going home and going back to your patterns again. Right. You're lifting yeah. your vibration right in your home. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they tell me no one's ever done anything like this ever. I don't think so. Okay? I think it's a great idea. I really yeah. do. I think it's interesting. When we did this show before, you were doing it weekly, mm -hmm. um, but now you're doing it every day, and I think that's great. Well, I still do weekly shows. I mean, I still do mm -hmm. other shows because I have one show where people ask questions and we channel the Elohim. Mm -hmm. Right. I do another show where I do a topic and we ask them. I mean, questions we have very just questions about anything, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. ETs, everything. I mean, right. it's like it's, it's a hugely expansive mm -hmm. work. And, you know, it's it's like on some level, I use this word because I know it's true and I want to encourage people to check it out. This is like a rare and epic thing that's happening with around it's what I'm doing. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, it's a great it's opportunity. It's a great opportunity and I don't want people to miss it. Yeah. We're yeah. doing it tonight. You know, we're doing it tomorrow night. Seven o'clock mm -hmm. Pacific time. Listen to the mm -hmm. people when they check in. Everyone is loving each. It's like everyone is loving and supportive and non-judgmental and friendly. Mm -hmm. They never even saw each other. They just know their voices on the phone. Right. They didn't even see. I mean, it blows me away that it's, it's working. And quite frankly, when I started this, I didn't want to do it. I don't. I don't mm -hmm. like responsibility. <laughs> you know, and committing to something every day at seven o'clock is a huge responsibility. Hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not so, hard. It's getting. It's get. What's happening is, for mm -hmm. quite a period of time, I was holding the energy for everybody else, mm -hmm. me and the Elohim. Now, a good por portion of the people coming on are holding the energy. And right. I'm so I'm showing up. It's easier. It's easier. Yeah. You know, I used to get I would get really tired, and but I just had the idea. You know, 
what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably not going to be on mainstream. I want. I don't want to say this. Okay, and I want to say that I'm not going to be on mainstream media, but it well, has not to the be way the, it is now, anyway. Not the way it, <laughs> it is now. It has to change. Yeah. Right. Well, and we're changing it, though. You know, we are if we bring the energy it. in, then eventually mm-hmm. Operation Mockingbird won't be controlling the media. Mm-hmm. But in any so case, we're coming up at the end of our hour. Can you give your contact information and a little bit of, you know, another synopsis of the call and how people can get involved? Can I cover the the points that I said I was going to make? I think I did. Two group I, souls, yeah. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a lot more I could say about these group souls, and the more you study them, the more, you know, what they say is you study us. We study, as you study us, we study you. They can mm-hmm. feel your energy when you're reading your, their words. So I give a free book out, which I wrote uh, some time ago, when I was not nearly as confident as I am now at talking about them. It's mm-hmm. called The Creator Gods of the Physical Universe Want to Talk to You. And you can download it for free at intelligent-infinity.com. Okay. And then I have messageaday.net, where you can get a transcript of a little excerpt, short one, from one Mm -hmm. of my conversations with these guys every day, which helps to reiterate the energy every day. And I had mm-hmm. so many people email me said I got the right message on the right day and uh whatever. And then I have wholeplanethealing.com, which is the my everyday personal and planetary healing mm-hmm. which is I think the most powerful thing sure. I'm doing. So I hope some people Well I'm gonna will... check it all out, I can tell you that. Whole planet well, healing. Come into Whole Planet Healing and um, get the Elohim to talk for you, and they can do a little meditation. Great. Sounds wonderful. But, um, all right. Are we at the end of time? I think we are. We're end, about I there. Say, we're at the end of time on BBS Radio <laughs> on the skull. We're not at the end of time. Time is continuing. <laughs> That's right. I don't want to well, <laughs> anybody. It's been a real pleasure uh, talking with you today, and I'm really happy to see you're so much into your work of sharing uh, the messages of the Elohim as well as the the um, raw, raw group, group with mm-hmm. the Law of One. And uh, I think both are extremely important. They They really are, and it's a great way to tap into energy to help people get through this this more difficult time that we're in um, for many people, and, and it's a great resource. Thanks for sharing it. Thank you. Not only is it helping people get through it, we are changing consciousness. You know, the Elohim told me, you can't fight these negative forces. You have to build outside of them and right. then shift the, ener- shift the energy outside yeah. of them. Yeah, you can, it's is, absolutely right. You cannot fight. Yeah. No more fighting. 
That's absolutely right. They just right. run. You, you lose. You know, they got they hold the cards in terms of we power. We have to ascend. We have to ascend yeah. out of these lower energies where we've been fighting, and it hadn't been working all that well. So, <laughs> so thank you, thank you for having me on your show. It was great. Thanks, Wynn. I, I hope to have I, you back. I, I, I think I'm going to have to interview you now. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Okay. All right. We'll set it up. Good. Great. Well, this is Dr. Susan Culp with Temple of Health Radio Show. We've been interviewing Winfrey. Uh, please check out wholeplanethealing.com and get involved with these um, daily calls and check out the other things on his website. Thanks a lot, Wynn. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Temple of Health Radio Show, please join us next week.